the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Some of you may need to get out of your seat and go to someone to do this. Some of you may need to leave as soon as we dismiss and, and go get on your phone or go to someone's house. Because you're not only hindering your relationship with God, you may be hindering the advancement of the gospel. Welcome to The Barnabas Effect with Paul Purvis, Senior Pastor of Mission Hill Church, a multicultural, multi-generational, multiplying church focused on shining the light and love of Jesus like a city on a hill. You're invited to visit any of the three locations in Temple Terrace and Tampa. For information and locations, visit missionhill.org. That's missionhill.org. Now, with today's message, here's Pastor Paul Purvis. Good morning, church. Welcome to worship. I'm so glad that you've chosen to be here today, and I can't wait to see what God teaches us as we open His Word, His perfect Word. Just think about that and ask Him to speak. Uh, But first, uh, do me a favor. Would you join those who are welcoming us online, who are worshiping with us online this morning? You know, I love the fact that we have technology and we're also worshiping on two other campuses today. The reality is, though, the Bible says there's something special about coming together for the purpose of worship and encouragement in our walk. So if you're joining us online, I pray that you have that goal in mind of that time when you're physically able uh, to come back together and, and to worship with the body of Christ, because really this is not intended to be uh, anything that is in the place of what we're enjoying together here in this room. And we are having fun. What a sweet time of worship we've already had today. This is an exciting time in the life of our church. In fact, allow this to be a personal invitation for you to join me right here in this room on our central campus next Sunday evening. It's a time of vision. We're calling it a family update because as a family, as a church family, we're going to come together and talk about what we believe God is leading us to do as we launch into the future. Several months ago, God began to just implant in my heart this desire uh, to lead us into the next generation right here from a hub of ministry on our central campus. And so there's a team that has been working hard, and we're excited about some plans for renovation and growth, Uh, some things that are taking place on all of our campus, but primarily a work right here on our central campus, as well as the desire that we have to give more to missions over the next three years than we ever have. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're like, uh, hello, do you realize we're in the midst of a worldwide pandemic? Is this really the time uh, to start something like this? In fact, you may be saying, what are we doing this for? And here's the reality. We're doing this for a lot of reasons. We're doing this for the senior saints who have walked before us and paved the way for this moment. We're doing this for the next generation that's coming 
along behind us and expecting the church to be here for their children and their children's children. We're doing this for our city and the communities around each of our campus. Uh, We're doing this for the nations because Jesus told us to, to live for the nations. We're doing this for the name of Jesus because we've learned that we want him to cause his name and his namesake to be great upon us. We're doing this for the kingdom of God. We're doing this for the church because we're just one local expression, but we want to make sure we're strong and contributing to the greater church around the world. And we're doing this for the glory of God. So I hope that you'll get in on what God is doing and and that you'll join us on what he is doing this for. In fact, today we're asking you to give us some information. Now, I'm not really asking that you do this right now, because if you do, you'll miss out on the the next few things I'm about to say. But here's what I want you to do. Maybe take this with you if you haven't already been working on it, or scan the QR code and and do this from home. You can send it to us electronically. But this just allows us to get some information from you to to kind of know who you are. In our age, in a larger church, we don't even know who's gathered together in this room. And, and we just want to know a little more about you. So would you be so kind and so faithful to do that? And that will help us help you get in on what God's doing because he's at work at Mission Hill. Would you give him praise for what he's doing today? We're in Matthew chapter 6, and we're asking God to teach us, just as the disciples did when they came and said, Jesus, teach us to pray. So take your copy of God's Word. Find something to write with, something to write on. We're going to dive right in. I'm going to begin with a question. Do you have any debt? (laughs) Now, how's that for making you feel bad right out of the gate? Um, Don't feel bad, though, because you're not alone. We are a nation of debtors. Uh, It's estimated we're about $14 trillion dollars in consumer debt. Now, what that means is that most of us have maybe a mortgage, perhaps a car payment, maybe some credit card debt, or those terrible things known as student loans. And this group to my right let out a big, (sighs) and so as a result, right here in our country, most people live paycheck to paycheck. And psychologists tell us that debt is literally killing us. Debt creates anxiety that brings about depression, fear, shame, guilt, and embarrassment. But I've got some good news. We're not going to talk about that kind of debt today. We are going to talk about a debt that is far worse. And it's a debt that all of us have. It's a debt that's created or or caused by sin in our life. It creates our greatest need. It's a debt that reminds me of a song I learned as a high school student in FCA. The chorus of that song says, he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. I needed someone to wash my sins away. And now I sing a brand new song, Amazing Grace. Christ Jesus paid a debt that I could never pay. What was that debt? It was my sin. And what did he do when he paid that debt? He gave me forgiveness. So while in the negative, I might say I'm going to talk about something that we all have. It's called debt 
but I'm primarily going to talk about something we can all receive. It's called forgiveness. And so before I say anything else, I want you to understand no matter who you are, listen to this, no matter what you've done, God's forgiveness is available to you. And when you truly understand that, it will change everything in your life. And, and we see how important that is, even in this model prayer that we've been learning. Because when, when Jesus taught us to pray, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, and he was teaching us about our daily need for the gospel of grace. And one of the reasons we gather together regularly in worship is to be reminded that this gospel Something a lot of you understand, the good news of Christ, his death, his burial, his resurrection. It's more than just that which gives us a ticket to heaven. It's something that we need daily. I must daily pray that the gospel of Jesus Christ would wash over me. And this daily prayer of forgiveness is one way I do that. So before I dig into that, I want to pray with you. So here's what I'm going to invite you to do. Would you stand together with me once more? And if you'd be so willing, maybe just hold up your hands, maybe palms stretched out like this. And here's what we're going to ask, that God would give us those things we don't have that we need, that he would teach us those things we don't know that we need. And he would make us to be the men and women and boys and girls that we need to be in order to live for his glory. So, Father in heaven, that's our prayer. We need you. Um, We don't need more church or, or more religion. We certainly don't need more ritual. So in this moment, just give us ears that would rightly hear from you. Give us eyes that would correctly see what you want us to see. And give us a heart and mind that that is open, that's receptive, that's that's not hardened or or stubborn or stiff. And God, let that begin in me. (laughs) I think about my life, Lord, and I recognize, I I know far more than anyone here that I am a trophy of your grace. I, I would not be here even today were it not for your new morning mercy. But Lord, in this moment, I pray that you would continue to work within me, giving me the words to say and the thoughts to think for your glory. And Lord, I pray that today that change I experienced as a young child would be experienced by someone who hears these words. That there would be salvation, that there would be spiritual rejuvenation, that there'll be relational reconciliation that takes place because we've met here. And so, Lord, teach us to pray, even as you taught your disciples when you prayed. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Amen. To be seated, Jesus is preaching what we call the Sermon on the Mount. And in this message, he comes to a place where he answers the questions of the disciples. 
And so in Matthew 6, he says, in this manner or like this, pray our Father in heaven. Hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. But at the end of this prayer, Jesus, still in his sermon, feels the need to go back and communicate the truth that he had gone over. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses... Neither will your father forgive your trespasses. This prayer is teaching us so much. It's a personal prayer. We pray to our father. It's a prayer acknowledging the perspective of God. He's in heaven. He sees what we do not see. He knows what we do not know. For he's been where we have not been. And it's a prayer that asks for his response. Last week, as we looked at this phrase, give us this day our daily bread, we were reminded that God delights in our asking. Ask, he says, and it will be given to you. Hi, I'm Paul Purvis, the lead pastor of Mission Hill Church right here in Tampa Bay. Thanks for taking the time to listen to today's The Barnabas Effect. It's a ministry intended to encourage, equip, and empower you. You may not know this, but this ministry is made possible because of the generosity of listeners like you. We are able to be on the air because listeners like you are gracious and give to this ministry. Would you consider making a gift today? It would be our honor to send you a gift, a resource, as a result of your gift of any size. And you can make that gift by going to missionhill.org and clicking on the banner that says The Barnabas Effect. That will direct you to a simple way that you can give right there online. Thanks again for listening to The Barnabas Effect today. And now we continue with our message. We began these petitions in this prayer with three different things that focus or revolve around God. The first thing is that we pray, God, would you cause your name to be sacred? And that's something I hope you're now doing on a regular basis. God, cause your name to be holy. Cause your name to be sacred in my life. And then we prayed, God, cause your kingdom to come. I recognize that this is not my kingdom or my thingdom. This is your kingdom. God, would you cause your kingdom to come in my life? And then, God, would you cause your will to be done in my life? Very quickly, we see in this model prayer of Jesus, if I pray according to the model prayer of Jesus, I quickly recognize it's not about me. It's all about him. If you're doing this thing right, if you're living for him, you begin to realize this is not about me. This is about you, Lord. But as I continue to pray, I see that God is concerned with my daily needs. And so I'm first taught to pray for provision. Give us this day our daily bread. And then I'm taught to pray for pardon. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Now remember what I said is that main truth. The one thing I really want you to get today 
When Jesus was teaching us this model prayer, forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors, he was teaching us about our daily need for the gospel of grace. So let me say that again differently for those of you in the back, those of you that may not have understood that. Just as Jesus taught us to pray for our daily physical needs, he's teaching us that every day of our life, there are spiritual needs that can only be received by him, by his grace, and as a result of his mercy. There are two simple principles, two truths I want you to get from this passage of Scripture. The first is this. All of God's children need daily forgiveness. All of God's children need daily forgiveness. So the first thing you need to do is say, who are God's children? And I want to remind you that this is not the kind of modern understanding that we're all God's children. And not if you believe Scripture. According to Scripture, you only become a child of God When you began a relationship with God. That's what it says in the gospel of John. Chapter 1 and verse 12. But to all who did receive him. Who believed in his name. He gave the right to be. The children. Of God. When you receive that relationship with God through Jesus Christ. When you believe in who he is, you are adopted into God's family. You become a part of his child. So you have to ask this question. Why do I need him? Well, why do I need to be in the family of God? And that's what Jesus is addressing in this phrase. It's our sin. Sometimes it's called a trespass. Sometimes it's called a debt. That word sin literally means to miss the mark. You didn't do what you were supposed to do. You understand what trespass means. It It means to go somewhere you weren't supposed to go. And we all understand what debt is. It's something that we owe. And and all of these are, are used to describe sin. Now, when I learned the model prayer, I was really taught the word trespass. But most of the translations that you read today, I think, get more at that Greek word when it uses the word debt. Forgive us our debts. As we forgive our debtors. To really understand that, you've got to get at what sin does. And at the core, sin separates. It separates us from God vertically, and it separates us from one another horizontally. Let me see if I can illustrate that, because it's easier to understand horizontally. Raise your hand if you've ever done something wrong to another person. Here's a hint. We should all be raising our hand, even if we're not charismatic right now, right? Because the reality is we've all hurt somebody else's feelings. We've done something we probably shouldn't have done. We've done something wrong. Well, what happens when that takes place? A barrier comes up. We stop looking at each other the same way. Our feelings get hurt. Those of you that are married really understand this, right? Sometimes you're like, what's going on? What's wrong? It may take a few minutes, but you get to the core. Something has caused a moment or a state of separation, right? Well, the Bible says it does the same thing with God. Sin creates a barrier between us and God. And here's the problem. 
The Bible says that all of us are guilty of sin. Every one of us. So this week I had some extracurricular activities. It seems that I didn't do as well as I was supposed to do on a particular test. And then I had a few other symptoms. And so as a result, my physician decided that I needed a heart catheterization. And that's where you kind of go in. And actually, they did it through this very tiny hole right here on my wrist. You go in, and in my case, he looked at the left and the right side of the heart. And this is what I was told before he went in. We're expecting, because of these other issues, that there are blockages. But here's the good news. We're going to put something in to clear up those blockages. It's called a stent. And so I went into the procedure, and it's quite amazing, our, our medical system. And there I was surrounded by all the healthcare workers, and uh, I'm awake, and I look over to my left, and I see this big screen, and I, I see my heart fluttering, and then I hear the doctor begin to say, wow, that's great. And then I hear him say, praise the Lord. And then I hear him say, joy comes in the morning. Dr. Smith, our cardiologist, is a person of deep faith. He's actually a theologian. And and so I wasn't there for this, but after the procedure, he went and talked to Kimberly. And, and this is what he said. He says, Paul has a beautiful heart. And that was good news, right? Yeah, I thought it was good news. But here's the problem. When Kimberly shared that with me, I thought, if he only knew. Because here's what I know about my heart. It may not be blocked physically. But spiritually, I regularly struggle with blockage. In fact, I relate to what Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 17, 9. The heart is deceitful above all things and beyond cure. Who can understand it? King David couldn't understand it. You remember what happened to him? <laughs> he uh, committed adultery, and then he's like, oh, crud, I committed adultery. So he committed murder, and he's like, man, now I've blown it. And so then, I mean, it's just a multitude. That's what sin does, right? It's a slippery slope, and you sin to cover sin to cover sin. And, and yet, the Proverbs tell us um, what we cover, he will one day uncover. So one of his prophets came to him one day, Nathan, and he said, Hey, king, suppose we have somebody in the kingdom who is very wealthy and he can have anything he wants. But he sees this peasant who has a lamb that he really likes. So instead of just taking from his flock, he goes and takes the lamb from the peasant, even though that was the only thing the peasant had. What, what should be done to that guy? And of course, David bowed up, and you, you know how the story goes, right? He's like, man, he, 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 throw, him, throw him away. I mean, just deal with him. He should be punished. And then Nathan, the prophet, looks at King David, and he points his finger, and he says, you are that man. And he began to understand at that moment that the heart is exceedingly wicked. And though you don't want to hear this today, I, I would say to you, when it comes to this issue of sinfulness, the creator of the universe looks into your life. And while we want a good report and, and we want because our mama told us that we have a beautiful heart or maybe a cardiologist told us that we have a beautiful heart. We, we want everything to be great. But, but instead, we open God's word 
And we hear the Holy Spirit speaking to us saying, you are that man. You are that woman. See, when you truly get a glimpse of the holiness of God, you understand that his name is sacred. You began to understand the sinfulness of man and you become desperate for God's forgiveness. And so I would ask you today, have you reached that place where you've understood that apart from the forgiveness of God, I don't know how I could go on. You see your debt for what it is. There are two words in the New Testament that we translate debt. One is a debt like most of us have. I mentioned this at the beginning, right? Most of us have probably a mortgage. A lot of us, even though Dave Ramsey frowns upon it, have a a car loan. Some of us have credit card debt. And the assumption of all that debt is that it can be repaid. You've been listening to The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis. The Barnabas Effect is here to provide listeners like you with biblical truth and spiritual encouragement. But it can't be done without your financial support. Go to missionhill.org and click on the Give tab. Your financial support helps us reach those seeking truth about God and themselves. Thank you for giving at missionhill.org. And join us weekdays at 9 a.m. for The Barnabas Effect with Pastor Paul Purvis on Faith Talk AM 570 and 910. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.